morning and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Doug Wongart. And we're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. If you've missed any of our great conversations, we had one with Bishop Donald DeGrood and Father Michael Kapperman. Both great guests. If yes. you missed either of those, be sure to check them out on our website, realpresenceradio.com, or you can check them out wherever you pick up your podcasts. Just look for Real Presence Live. So we're going to move on. It is legislative season. And so we are going to be doing updates weekly um, with the Minnesota Catholic Conference and the South Dakota Catholic Conference. So we have Jason Adkins joining us right now. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Great to be with you, Heather. Thank you for joining us today. It's an important time of the year. Uh, first, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm the executive director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and the conference is the Conference of Bishops. So our staff helps the bishops implement their public policy initiatives at the state capitol and with members of Congress. Beautiful. And so you've been doing this for a couple days, Jason. <laughs> I was as a joke. It was a couple of years. <laughs> so tell us about the Minnesota legislative session. How long does it go? How fast does it move? Well, it started on Monday, uh, February 12th, and is expected to end on May 20th. It could end a little bit early, depending on what kind of work they get done. But the principal objective during the even year is to focus on some policy fixes as well as pass a bonding capital infrastructure bill for construction projects around the state that are needed. So uh, we think it's going to be a really active session, and Democrats control both houses of the legislature here and the governor's office, and so they have the opportunity to pass things. Uh, without obstruction to the extent that they can come to an agreement on particular pieces of legislation. So what this week, what are you what do you have your eyes on? Well, we started on Monday and already a flurry of bills. Hundreds of bills have already been introduced on top of the thousands that were introduced in 2023. The way the Minnesota session works is that bills that don't pass in 2023 carry over uh, into 2024 and are live bills. And already, like I said, we've seen hundreds. Uh, just this week, we're seeing significant activity around education policy. We're going to be watching that as the session unfolds, what kind of mandates uh, our legislators looking at putting on homeschooling, charter schools. Uh, we're looking at and watching non-public school mandates already. Uh, there's questions regarding uh, the length of the mandatory school lunch program, how long kids get to sit, for example, when eating school lunches, uh, what will the reform of the charter school program look like here. So there's lots of interesting uh, pieces of legislation on that front. On Monday, there was a major conference, uh, press conference held by proponents of what's called the Equal Rights Amendment. Now, we call the, the ERA the Erosion of Rights Amendment. Senate, Senate File 37 is a proposed state constitutional amendment that would diminish the hard-earned rights and protections of women and could eliminate the conscience rights and religious liberty of Minnesotans. What this ERA, this Erosion of Rights Amendment, does is impose gender ideology um, across the state, and it would also eliminate or, or weaken protections for religious freedom. The Equal Rights Amendment, what it does is create a whole class of protected, a whole set of protected classes, but does not, in the proposal that we've seen, does not include religion. So that's a serious problem, and we think that the ERA would actually, and purposely, is intended to enshrine gender ideology and at the same time override protections for religious freedom. So we're very concerned about that. It also, in the, the proposed language that we expect to see, a new version of that coming out soon would further entrench abortion rights in our state. So those are just a couple highlights of things we're already watching this session. Wow. 
So when you say you're watching, what 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 are you doing? What are what are you asking the folks of Minnesota to be doing also? So on a number of bills, we you know we'll speak with legislators. That that's the daily business of lobbying. Is it's it's really door to door sales. All that we have is just good public policy. We don't do endorsements. Uh, we don't do campaign contribution. The role of the church in the public arena is to always go to legislators and say, and give our perspective on what serves human dignity and the common good. And so in the practical sense, that might mean we think a particular piece of legislation uh, does good things, or it might mean uh, a, a piece of legislation does bad things. Our role, though, is always to propose a better vision of the good. What does the good society look like? And that's the principal role of the church is to speak in principles. You know, what are the principles for building the just, free, prosperous society rooted in human dignity and the common good? And then we take those principles and apply them to particular pieces of legislation and then go speak to legislators about them and in some instances testify as well. So this particular amendment that they're um, proposing to the state constitution um, that you were talking about that talks about gender identity, um, access to abortion. Um, how does that, how is that going to affect um, the local Catholics in the area? Well, specifically what some potential outcomes of that constitutional amendment could be, um, as I mentioned, expansive abortion access with little room for Im uh, imposing sensible safeguards through legislation. Uh, potentially increased legal action against faith communities and schools that reject gender ideology, um, forced compliance of medical professionals when it comes to abortion and uh, mm. so-called gender-affirming care. Certainly, uh, on, on top of what we're already doing with regard to taxpayer-funded abortion and gender-affirming care, um, gender transitions, hormones, treatments, surgeries, and those sorts of things, uh, further uh, rights and uh, fund, uh, taxpayer funding related to those things. Certainly the decline of women's sports and uh, endangering women's only spaces. Uh, and even potentially is something as, as, uh, as, as almost as troubling as mandated pronoun usage <laughs> in some environments. Mm. And certainly let's shut down of faith-based shelters for women. So there's a lot, I mean, there's you could come up with a whole lot of potential hypotheticals, wow. but what the amendment does is essentially give judges a blank check to rewrite what constitutes discrimination uh, across uh, uh, with regard to what's called reproductive freedom or reproductive rights, but certainly also with regard to sexual orientation and gender ideology as well. Wow. That's very scary. A lot of big, big things coming up on this legislative session. Um, where can people go to keep up with what's going on, Jason, and where can people go and make an impact to their legislators and um, let them know and let their voices be heard? Well, we have a, an action center on our website, mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org. Um, there's a place where people can take action. There's an action alert related to this proposed constitutional amendment uh, right now. And people can go there, find out what bills on which the uh, Catholic Conference is taking a position, and then learn more and sign up for our newsletter. And with a click of the mouse, you can send your message to legislators precisely because we have you in our system. We know your address, and we can direct any message that you send through our system uh, to legislators. So it's a really important tool and an opportunity. It makes it easy for people to know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And again, those resources can be found at mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org. And do you think it makes a difference, Jason, if we yeah, all absolutely. send these for messages? Sure. 
I think people are suffering from discouragement. They don't feel like their legislators are listening to them. Mm-hmm. But it's politics is really about showing up. That's the first step in the game, and it, you'd be surprised at how few people actually show up uh, meet with their legislators. One of the tests I always use is, can you name your state legislate, your state House member and your state senator? Mm. Rarely is it the case that one in ten people in any crowd I speak to can name both. So if we don't know who is representing us, how can we believe that the laws they're going to make are going to be good and just? So the first step starts mm. getting involved, forming a relationship with your legislator, and even, again, through the, our Catholic Advocacy Network tool that I mentioned, you can just send an email. Um, it's that easy, but people just have to start showing up. And you might not get their agreement on the first time you make a connection or the first conversation, but again, you have to start changing hearts and minds. That's what democratic politics is all about, that role and responsibility of persuading through reasoned argument those who would disagree with us. And though they might not agree with you on one issue, you might find an opportunity to work together on another issue. So we, mm-hmm. we can't uh, just delegate the task of politics to our elected officials. It's a responsibility in a government of the people, by the people, for the people, that the people make their voices heard and share with their elected officials what they think about important issues. The Catholic Advocacy Network makes it easy to do that from a Catholic perspective. And again, those resources can be found at mncatholic.org.